Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I am your host, Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley. Today, we get to talk about Colorado Avalanche prospects. We've gone through the Avs last season. We've gone through their lineup and what it looks like they may lose, they may re-sign. Now it's time to talk about how they may fill out some of that roster when it comes to what they already have in the system. There are some obvious ones. There are some maybe not quite as obvious ones, but always an exciting time to see where the abs can get some internal graduations. We can start with last season where I guess you could make cases and say guys like Ryan Graves, a Pavel Francos graduated, but sure, they're not really prospects, are they? No. So, I guess Kale McCarr kind of, but everyone knew he was graduated when he played in the playoffs the year before. Yeah. So there wasn't any true graduations, I would say, for the Avs over the past offseason or over the past full season even. And there's some expectation that there's going to be at least one or two and maybe more than that in the coming year. They're certainly going to have a chance to have more than that, uh, depending on how they want to approach it, because... They've got spots opening up, and they've they've got guys that they that can jump in and fill them. You know, we two of the two of the depth guys have already bolted: Kamenev to Russia and Barbario to Switzerland. Yep, those dudes are gone. Ain't coming back. And we'll see how they want to manage those things. Is both of those guys were not everyday players. Newhook is definitely not graduating. Nope. That is not gonna happen new hook had already committed to another year in college of course we'll see how that plays out but yeah with college hockey announcing today that they will be delayed to start the, the, the year yeah it, it despite he may not play in college hockey but i don't think the next option is him playing in the nhl certainly yeah. so even even if something really weird were to happen and they were to sign him to an ELC, he would play for the he would play in the AHL before he would play for the Fs. Yep, one hundred percent. And realistically, I don't even think that's super high in the list. Is uh, no, <laughs> you access junior options or or even potentially playing in other pro leagues. But yeah, I think it would make sense for him to go to Halifax first. Yep, for sure. The only the only reason he. Halifax is a question for Newhook is if he expects to play another year of college hockey, which he shouldn't. Yeah, this should be with Newhook. We're talking, he should be in the last year of whatever he's going to do. And they should be signing him to his ELC sometime in, in, in 20 or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Sometime, sometime in the spring, they should be doing that. Yep. So, while hype on New Hook is certainly warranted, not what today's show is about. AJ, right. let's let's start from the back of the ice and work forward here. So let's start at the goaltending position. Okay. The only 
proper prospect that the Avs have inside the organization is Adam Werner. Yes, there's a lot of hype around Eustace Annan, but he's already committed to playing in Europe next season. Yeah. He's not going to be someone that can reasonably graduate to the NHL so, this year. Yeah, so the the only the only goaltender prospect in North America. Correct. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Because Annan is very much a prospect. Just Yes. Just he's not committed one to Finland. Going to graduate. Yeah, exactly. Gonna do so, Trent Minor dirty like that though. Technically in North America. Yep. <laughs> oh wow. I am. Okay. All right. <laughs> not even beating around that bush. Just throwing down the it. I just realistically, I, I he has such a he has such a, a long way to go to even get the ELC. Yep. And this is why drafting CHL kids is kind of you have to make uh, quick decisions, yeah. Yeah, where they've where they've gotten because if they had to make a decision on on Werner after just two years, they might not have given him the ELC. They had time with him where they could, you know, he had also gone through the draft once uh, when they yep. when they picked him up, so he was a year older as well. And then they got to wait on him, and I think that was one of the reasons why we saw them tend trending more towards taking European goaltenders was because they liked. That, that they could draft them and then leave them be and just see how they developed. And they could get, you can get a more informed decision on what you're getting because goaltenders are all over the place. You know, they signed in and in pretty quickly. And he, he's, he's spending the first year of his ZLC in Finland. In yeah. <laughs> so even when they like a guy, they're comfortable letting him do his thing in Europe for, for a little while. Um, yeah, I'm not worrying about Miner, but with Werner, you know, he is it's it's he's he has that like new car smell to him, right? As a prospect sure. still. The the but, shine is still on him, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because he's had he's had one year over here, but like that guy's already twenty three years old. Yep. You know, like you think it, but he is he is two full years older than Tyson Jost. The Avs decor has three players younger than Adam Werner on it, and next year could have five players right. younger than Adam Werner on it. So, like the, all of this, all of this is just to say that, like, while Werner is still kind of new kid on the block, the timeline on making a decision on him is going to be a lot shorter, accelerated. For Luke, sure. don't even get us started on draft stuff. He and De- Rudo and I have already been DMing back and forth over the last couple of days about it. Yep. We don't even. <laughs> we're very excited to start talking draft because you know we're the, we're draft guys, so we gotta we gotta get there. We're stepping towards. Yeah, it, all right. We we're, don't we're, even... we're taking very logical steps to get <laughs> into that conversation. We're using this week, this entire week, to talk about the NHL roster and and other options, and then. We will be obviously switching heavily into draft starting next week. You got to clean out your pantry before you can put new uh, new ingredients in it. So, yep. I don't know. It, it worked in my head. It, it, I mean, it's true. In reality, you can't you can't just cram stuff on top of stuff. You eventually you run out of pantry space. So accurate. What's in the pantry right now, though, is Adam Werner, and that's where. That's where the conversation, hey, he got two NHL games and they couldn't have been, More they were different. polar opposites. Yeah. You had, uh, you had, uh, Pavel Francouz, I think, went down 31 seconds into that game in Winnipeg. Had a Adam Warner, shutout. It was, 
Yeah, Adam Werner got the shutout. Yeah, and technically didn't get the shutout, and it became the second team shutout in Avalanche history, which I was shocked by that there have only been two of those. Yeah, given how prone, especially in recent years, with guys like Varley, who you expect to go down at any moment. Yeah, that they couldn't pull out a shutout, but. I mean, you you think about it. There have been more, like, multi-pitcher no-hitters in baseball than multi-goaltender shutouts for the Avs. I mean, that's a that's a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> it's true. Like, we get we get a couple of multi-pitcher no-hitters every know, every year. They but also play 4,000 games. The vast majority of games, they're not expecting your pitcher to complete either. But <laughs> True. I'm just saying, like... Multi goaltender shutouts are weird, and this yeah. one was this one was especially cruel because Adam Werner he faced every shot in yeah. those in that time that Francois was in there. He didn't face any shots, and so I think the NHL should have given him the shutout. But whatever. Point is, Werner then played in Edmonton, gave up six goals, and got completely trashed, and that sucked. Yeah, that it was the other side of the coin, and the. It, not interesting, but honestly, that was pretty representative of his season as a whole down in the AHL as well. It it was pretty often either a great performance or an mm-hmm. off night for him. There was not a ton of middling consistency from him. Yeah, it was. He had a very all or nothing. Um, <laughs> there would be nights where I would go to. Uh, mm, nope, don't know who that is. <laughs> Uh, there would be nights where I would go to turn on the Eagles game and it would already be four nothing, and I'd be like, "Never mind." This <laughs> one, yeah, like we're just gonna put it in the bin. Yep. Or like watch the first period, see how it got there, and be like, "All right, cool." <laughs> on with the rest of my day. Yep. Um. So that's you know obviously like he had a solid first year in in uh, North America with the Eagles. I think everybody yeah. felt pretty good about it. The numbers uh, kind of dipped a little bit as the year went on. Uh, and Hunter Miska took more and more of the job from him. But again, you're you're okay with that. He also battled some weird injury issues throughout parts of the season as well. So there was a little bit of weirdness going on. But still, 31 games, a 909 save percentage with a 292 goals against average. Decent for a first-year goalie in the age. Yeah, it's respectable. It's something to build from. Uh, yeah. If he goes out and he repeats it, then you're not. Like I said, the decision, the the timeline on him is going to be very short. If he goes out and he has the same exact season, you're probably not feeling like he's a serious NHL prospect for you. Yeah, and I mean that's kind of the conversation that you're moving into. We talked a little bit about the Avs goaltending over the this week so far. Realistically, Werner is not a top two option for the abs in the coming year. Yeah. And until they make a move, we're going to continue to assume Grubauer and Francois are the goaltenders. Yeah. If you, we will talk about options and different things they could do, but until they make a move and we have these types of conversations, we're operating under the assumption that it's Grubauer and Francois in Colorado. Yeah. So with Grubauer and Francois, they're the clear cut one and two for the abs. The step that Werner needs to make this year is to become the clear-cut number three, where he needs to earn the Avs' trust in the regards of 
they don't feel like they need to go out and get a Michael Hutchinson because they have Adam Warner. Yeah. And, you know, perfect world, you never have to play your third string goaltender, but. <laughs> yeah. You know how that perfect world stuff goes. Yeah. Never, never quite as perfect as you hope it to be. So we'll see. Hutch may stick around. We've talked about how we would prefer Miska probably to kind of split starts with Werner in the AHL for the year. So Werner is maybe one of the least impactful guys. I think that we're going to talk about on this show. So we can take our first period break there and talk about Breckenridge brewery, the official beer of DNVR with eight different types on tap down at the DNVR bar. If you want to get it straight from the tap, or of course you can find it at your local liquor store, use the Breck beer locator online to find whichever type of beer you want. The agave wheat, the avalanche, Amber, the hot peak, the strawberry sky, dozens of other beers as well. If you like some specific type of beer, I guarantee you they have a type that you will like. And WGT Golf, the number one rated golf app out there, has over 20 million players around the world. And we here at DNVR have three clubhouses so far full of players playing. We have tournaments every single weekend, so be sure to jump in. Go to dnvrgolf.com to download and search for DNVR3 to join our third clubhouse and get in on all of the action, whether it be our tournaments or just playing head-to-head at any time. Stroke play, match play, closest to the hole. You name it, you can play it on amazing, true-to-life golf courses. Second period. Oh, Oh my God. Uh Uh-oh. Cap Friendly finally rolled over their rosters to this year, or to next year. So it doesn't have that extra that you just have to black out. (laughs) So nice. (laughs) To look at Colorado's roster and see it as it accurately is now is just like, ah, thank you. Now I can see how much cap space they actually have. have Do a bunch of internal math that's not. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not like chopping guys off left and right to be like, okay, what are they actually sitting at here? (laughs) Well, this is so nice. This is a good day. This is one of my favorite days of the year because it just just makes my cap friendly life that much easier. Thank you, cap friendly. All right. So sticking with. (laughs) The Eagles conversation, I suppose, as we move up to the Avs' potential defensive graduates, Connor Timmons. He played two NHL games at the start of the season, had a great camp, got sent back to the AHL, ended up coming back and even playing a couple games in this playoffs. From a player ability standpoint, we have said many times, we believe Connor Timmons is NHL ready. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, how does he get in the lineup one and two, even as we have this conversation, uh, the massive caveat of, is he even healthy? <laughs> yeah. Not knowing what, uh, what's going on with Timmons. This is. Wow. Yeah. Um, not even not knowing what's going on with Timmons' health makes it really tough to project exactly what they want to do and how comfortable they are. Um, kind of creating a roster spot for him because right now they've got four guys under contract. Yep, with Johnson, Gerard, Cole, and Makar. Um, Barbario's obviously gone. Um, Graves and Zadorov are RFAs. Knotten's a UFA. 
So they could just, if they wanted to just let, uh, obviously Barbs is gone, uh, if they wanted to let Kanaten go, and they bring back both Graves and Zadorov. That's your that's, starting six. Yeah, then you've got six, and you're you're either looking for a seventh or an eighth. Yep. Uh, you don't you don't really want you don't you don't really want the Timmins or Byram jobs to be Seven, that rotational eight, sure. guy. They're you, you want to play them most nights, I think. With you, you don't mind those guys getting scratched. That's going to happen. Yeah, right. They're the expect. They're the expected starter, with a Ryan Graves being the seventh rotational guy who rotates in when they need a night off. Yeah, if you're going to graduate them. Yeah, and. It's a pretty unique situation here. If we assume Timmons is healthy for a second. Or that he will be by the start of the season. Sure, whichever. Can the Avs reasonably graduate two defensemen in the same season? Because Bowen Byram is very much going to be pushing for a very similar role to what Connor Timmons is. Right. The, the, the The question has always been, you're balancing this youth that you have that you love and you love these guys and you love their future and their upside. And this is not like, Oh, Connor Timmons is going to be like a, he's going to be a decent third pairing guy, you know, like Bowen Byram can fill like this, like really niche, like 15 minute a night. Right. These are two guys that you are expecting to be a huge part of your future top four defensemen for right and and like this is like your response these guys are your response to what nashville built out you're hoping that you're getting something similar where you have this this just killer top four yeah that just and like that's the upside here that's the hope is that especially you know byram and mccarr obviously you're hoping they become the pair uh, just just tip top of the NHL pairing, you know, uh, a Waransky Jones, a Muzzin Dowdy, like just rock solid. Yeah. Pairing. Yep. You know, you're not playing cute little matchup games. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it just makes life so much easier when you can say, all right, Byron McCarr, just take your shift. Every other shift, basically. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then you're hoping that Gerard and Timmons become more of your defensive guys. Yep, exactly. I'd- and then after that, you're like, okay, well, we'll find third pairing guys. But the question is, is two of those guys, you know, Bob Timmons has four NHL games played and an injury history. Byram's still a teenager. Where are you really a team that's that's pushing aggressively to to be in Stanley Cup contention? Are you really going to turn over the roster to two kids like that? And I think I think conventional wisdom is just no. Yeah, I I I think it's but really you have hard to do, to do it do eventually. I'm I think they have to give one of them a real opportunity. I which one? You know what? I <laughs> I, I probably lean Byram, but if you come into camp and whoever wins the job wins the job, I'd be pretty comfortable with that. 
Well, the, the, the problem is, is in the two camps that I've seen, Timmons has outplayed Byron by a country a mile. A lot. One of them has looked like he's, and, and like Timmons outplayed all those dudes. And there was a reason that he Jared Bednar was games, like, yeah. screw it. <laughs> We're yeah. putting him in. Well, our season's on the line. He's going in. Um, the, It's just a matter of what's the what's the best way to balance these weird dev cycles because you have like not all things are created equally not all opportunities are created equally here because yep byram is playing the nhl or go spend another year in juniors yeah and like the wh another year in the whl doesn't hurt bowen byram in any way it just doesn't help him there isn't there isn't anything there isn't anything going on with Bo environment in the WHL. It hadn't already been accomplished. You know, uh, the biggest thing there with him, if, if he were to go back to the WHL, it's it's safe. It's a safe option. You're not worried about him getting hurt like like if he was, say, in the AHL. And he's going up against, you know, there's some, some, some goon out there on an AHL tryout contract trying to win a job. He goes and smokes somebody, you know? Yeah. Like, you're, that's your concern in the AHL. You're not worried about that in the WHL. That guy, he's he's fine in that league. He'll he'll be perfectly fine in that league again if he has to go back there. The NHL, if, if he's going to be in the NHL, you want him to play. Yeah. You want to see what he has. You've got nine games to see what he has. You want to at least give him that and, and see how it goes. Like you want to say, hey, those first couple games probably aren't going to be great, but you want to see if he takes off. You want to see if he really he really takes to it and says, this is my job now. Unless he just looks absolutely awful in training camp. Yeah, I think it would be a mistake not to at least give him the nine games. At least some of those nine games, right? You know, they could do like what they did with Miko. They can give him six. Sure, and then- whatever, yeah. Second half of the second half of the year, his season finishes up in the WHL, and all right, come on back. But to not at least give him the opportunity to show what he looks like against proper NHL competition just feels like you're missing an opportunity. It does, and it also feels like Timmons would be getting punished for being AHL eligible. It does. It does feel a little bit like that because. You're looking at if you're going to bring Byram in, he's going to leapfrog Timmons, even though Timmons is the more accomplished player at this point. Yeah, he has a pro season under his belt. That's just reality. He had a a good pro season, and he has NHL games under his belt. And he's got multiple training camps where he has been the, the star pupil. He was the Avs' best AHL prospect this season. I pretty handily i think really and that's not that's not a knock on the other guys down there it's just that timmins when he was healthy was that good for the eagles the only other case you can make is martin Kout's play in the nhl for a better prospect so at the ahl level he look if he goes back to the AHL, I'm not going to make a huge fit about it as long as he is high on the list for a call-up. But Timmons has already proven something that certainly Byram hasn't and a lot of guys deeper down the Avs prospect list have not proved at all. 
So it's a hard conversation again because Byram is going to get a lot of doors open for him based on the player that he's expected to be and where he was drafted and all of that. And it's warranted. But if both of these players miss out on games this year, it's both going to be considered failures. They need to find a way to balance it and get both of them NHL games. That, I believe. Yeah. So it's not going to be easy for them, certainly. And that conversation is going to be long and winding throughout this entire offseason as they manage those roster spots with potential moves of, of someone like a Zadorov down the line. And uh, it's not clear yet. It, as soon as a move gets made, if a move gets made, the conversation is going to become a lot more heated on, on who gets what spot and what to do next. Because right now you just don't know what that defense is going to look like and what the abs need. But yeah, the, the clearing of the space is really the big question here. Like yep. if Kevin, if Kevin Connaughton was signed and Ian Cole was a free agent, you, you would not have this conversation, right? Cole would walk and you would just easy to forget. Like, right. Okay. This is how this works. Don't have to think about it <clears throat> as it's going to work with the forward core, which yep. will be what we talk about next. But it, until until they make a decision, you know, if if they bring back Graves and they bring back Zadorov, then you're realistically wondering, okay, well, when are you going to work these guys into the lineup? Are you just going to go another year like this? And like depth is a nice thing to have, of course, as we saw during the postseason. You want you want to have depth, but these guys are a big part of the future, and when you start developing them. You know, there there comes a point in time when they're NHL ready, and I think Timmons has shown that he's there. Yep. Byram has not, but I I just we think he's close. Right. I mean, and he certainly doesn't have anything to prove at the level he's played at. So that's the, and that's like the rub with Byram is that him going back to the WHL is just sort of like okay, well he gets a year older. Yep. That that there's not in you're not really talking about it being much of a development year as so much as it is a, a stagnant year. It would be like, it would be like if new hook went out and had another dominant college hockey season, and then went back for his junior season. Yeah. Where you're just like, why probably going to get better. He's probably going to fill out a little bit more or whatever, but as far yeah. as playing the competition that he needs to be playing against, it's not going to be there. Right. He was already dominating the WHL. Now he's he's a year older, he's a year better, blah, 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 blah. He's just gonna go do it again. And like okay. That's that's fine. If he doesn't, you're not worried about that because then you would just worry you wonder about complacency. Yep. So you know. So Byram's Byram's in the weird spot. With Timmons, you can be like, well, he's your depth. You go back, he goes back to the AHL and you live with it. And when injuries inevitably happen, he should be pretty much the first guy you look at. Definitely. And then, and then maybe he just doesn't ever give the job back. Yeah, sure. Totally. That's kind of how it works for a lot of guys, especially on the defensive side. But this is, this is their next challenge is them trying to integrate these guys into the lineup on the fly um, and, and figure it out. 
because it's it's mostly been you either win a job in training camp and that earns you six million call up chances like we saw with TJ Tynan. Yep. Or you just sort of get buried. They have to find that middle ground of not burying guys that don't start in the position essentially. Right. Like they've gotta they've gotta move away from Jared Bednar being like, Oh, I really like this guy in training camp and that opinion holding up through the first three months of the season. Yeah. Yep. They need yeah. to move away from that because it's just you're just getting wasted games with very predictable results. Yep. One hundred percent agree there when it comes to call-ups, which is something we can dive into more in the third period as we will move into that forward conversation. But Strava Craft Coffee is the CBD-infused coffee that has really changed lives. Another thing you can get down at the DNVR bar, cold brew Strava. If you want to give it a try, come on down and give it one. If you like it, you can always order online, StravaCraftCoffee.com, and get 20% off when you use code DNVR20 at checkout. Or if you really like it and want to order consistently, get signed up for their subscription service, which gets you 20% off every single time you buy. Whether it's IBS, migraines, other aches and pains in your joints, you name it, anxiety, it's helped with that too. So give it a try today and see how awesome it is. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Ruto. What the AJ's got AJ's browsing Twitter over here, finding out something. The so they announced the Sean Couturier won the Selkie. Yep. I'm just looking at uh, the ballot and the votes that he got. Also receiving votes uh, from the Avalanche, a fifth place vote to Gabriel Landeskog. Okay, one fifth place. Okay, cool. Probably deserved a little more than that, but a single fourth place vote for Nathan McKinnon. Look, Nathan McKinnon had a great defensive year for himself. On the league as a whole, that dude is not winning any Selkies. <laughs> Curious to see who put him there. <laughs> uh, and then finishing eighth with a second-place vote, two third-place votes, four fourth-place votes, and three fifth-place votes. Finishing one spot ahead of Brad Marchand and one spot behind Andre Kopitar was Val Natushkin. Good. I'm glad that he was that high. I wasn't expecting him to get even that many votes. Same. So. That's fun. Yep. Interesting that the Avs had three players in there. Certainly expected a few for Val, maybe a few for Landy, but. McKinnon in there is a little bit yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah, McKinnon getting there were some there are some odd choices guys in here. Um Mitch Marner with a fifth place vote. Yeah, that's a weird one. Luke Glenn Denning with the fifth place vote. <laughs> what okay? Uh it's funny though. Well, Congratulations anyway. to Sean Couturier. AJ, I know he was it your was pick, and, and Hinks' his pick as well when we had her on. Yeah. So, no, it was no his turn. Surprise. Yeah, he was, he's good. He's good at his job. What can you say? Yeah, he had 117 first-place votes, and second place was Bergeron with 21. <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly got third, which is criminal. Anthony Sorelli got screwed. <laughs> well, uh, a Stanley whatever. Cup can 
hold his tears. That's true. I bet. I mean, that thing is big enough. It's that that bowl is definitely big enough to hold all of his Quite tears. Yep. There's no way you can outcry that cup. <laughs> that yeah, would be so many tears. How like dehydrated would you have to be just to yeah. fill that thing up? Like my god. Oh, and like what would have had to have happened for you to continue <laughs> to cry that much? You win the Stanley Cup and have tears of joy, and then something terrible happens, and you have to cry in sadness too. And even then, it'd be like half full. Let's be honest, right? It's just that's it's so many tears. <laughs> okay, under the conversation we were going to be having in this third period, <laughs> abs have. Hey, P.S. I forgot to ask you after the show started. Was that a good Charlotte song? Yeah, it was. I, I figured. I'm, I'm glad. I, I'm glad people can tell what uh, what eight bit songs I'm playing here. Scott Hazelwood is correct. Jack Edwards especially could get that thing. Could could fill the Stanley Cup with his tears. Would it be tears, or would it just be like whiny echoes bouncing around in the bowl? I mean, no, just just say something bad about Zdeno Chara. Just try <laughs> try to say something bad about Zdeno Chara, and he could fill it on his own. All right. I, I won't argue with that point. Avs trying to earn themselves a Stanley Cup in the near future. Graduates on the forward side. There are three realistic ones. Martin Kaut, Shane Bowers, Logan O'Connor. Let's start with Shane Bowers because I think he's pretty clearly third on that list at this point. If only because his primary position is center. And yes, I know the Eagles played him plenty on wing this year. But Kaut and O'Connor both got NHL opportunities this season, and Bowers did not. So Bowers still has something to prove at the next level. Bowers, I think it's fair to say that he should probably start with the Eagles. Yeah. I Like when, when they're approaching building their roster for next year, I feel like they should be, I mean, they should be putting Martin Kaut's name in ink yes. and probably, probably Logan O'Connor's name in pencil as the 13th or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. But then they need to, I, I think that then you're having Shane Bowers. That's a, that guy could still use another year to work his way. I mean, he had a great second half of the season. You, like honestly, I think what Bowers should be projected at is projected as is kind of exactly the path they gave Logan O'Connor this year, where they gave him plenty of opportunity to be a top six player in the AHL. Injuries happened. They eventually called him up. He played well enough to to get a handful of games, and Logan O'Connor ended up with sixteen games in the regular season this year. I think Bowers should be perfectly on that path. Maybe he plays well enough that not unlike Timmons where you get up there and he just earns the NHL spot and doesn't give it up. If that happens. Great. You run with it. If it doesn't happen. Okay. You, you can send him back to the AHL and you can continue to develop him. And it becomes a much bigger conversation for him in the 21, 22 season where guys like Matt Calvert become a UFA and, and they have to continue to replace these pieces in their bottom six. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you look at uh, if you look at Colorado's cap sheet, the guys who who have multiple years on their contracts right now. Uh, after this, you're still looking. You're obviously McKinnon and Rantanen. Uh, Kadri has two years left, and then Donskoy and Calvert have three years left. Confer. Yeah, Confer and Donskoy have three years left. Yeah. So that's it. Yep. Like the time, you know that that of of the group, Burakovsky will probably get a multi year deal. Um. Nachushkin and Jost should get one-year deals, but could get multi-year deals. You wouldn't expect either of them to get more than two, though. Correct. And then, you know, with with Calvert and Belmar, I mean, you can't you can't really have the bring them back, re-sign them conversation yet. I, you can't have that conversation, but just given the flat cap, given what the Avs should be looking to do as pushing as contenders, it's going to be difficult to bring those guys back. Yeah, and and to be honest, even as much as you love Matt Calvert, the guy has gotten hurt two postseasons in a row. Yep. Uh, and that's and this is with a career of injuries. Keep you. Every single year. Games a year out of him, basically, yeah. Yeah, even in a 72-game season, Matt Calvert, Played 50 missed twenty games. games. Yep, he's played eighty-two games exactly once, and it was his. It was it was his first year with the Avs. And it's it's the same kind of story. Sure, he brings a lot of energy, but he's a guy who's mm-hmm. going to bring you twenty-five points a year. That right now you're paying him two point eight five million. Can you afford to keep paying them that, or potentially even have to increase his pay a little bit on his next contract? Nope. Simple as that. Then. Well, and that's why that's why we're having the that's that's why Matt Nieto is is walking because two million dollars you can't pay two million dollars for your twelfth forward. Yeah. You've got to allocate that money elsewhere. Right. It, it's it's as simple as money management. You can't pay a significant portion of your salary cap to the part of your lineup that has the least amount of impact. Right, it's just reality. As and much as everybody wants to, to to bag on Toronto, they have the right idea. You pay for talent, you pay for your stars. It just might have gone a little <laughs> overboard with them. Yeah, they. Uh, it's it's a balancing act, of course. You, you yeah. know, if you overload into four guys, and then you know you have thirty percent of your salary cap to fill out the rest of a roster, you're just as in trouble as the other way around. But right. when you have something established like the abs do, where they already know they can rely on their top guys as is, you're just trying to get value out of the rest of your lineup. Yeah. So it value it just comes from ELCs in the NHL. That is the yeah. most effective, cost-effective way to build a, a NHL hockey team. It just is. It's going to be. The entire league seems comfortable keeping it that way going forward. Yep. So that's just how you do it. Yeah, you have young guys. Uh, you know, you have, <laughs> you have Kale McCarr making $880,000 this, this next season. Dude, okay, well, where are you going to save the $10 million this year? We're, okay, you're saving $10 million. How are you going to spend it? What are you spending it on? 
because part of that, you know, that's part of where you can spend 2.85 million on Matt Calvert and 1.8 on Belmar and 4.25 on Ian Cole. Like that's where that money comes from. And then when you get, when Kale McCart gets that big money extension, now then gone or it's got to come from somewhere else. Right. Then, then you need to replace those, the, that, that 880 that Kale McCart was making now needs to be the 880 that Martin Cout is making. And that's how you balance that roster moving forward. And we need to see that next. We need to see, start seeing that next year because this is the beginning of Colorado's cap problems. Yep. McCarr like and they, Dogs contracts. They've got, they've got $22 million in space and it's not, not going to be nearly enough to do all the things that they're going to want to do. Uh, and I think it's going to lead to, if we're going to see a big move, it's going to, it's probably going to come via trade. I don't think that the, the free agent market is going to be robust for the avalanche. It's not really a great fit. We'll get into that. Next maybe tomorrow. Probably may. We'll see what we do for free skate. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't, we haven't decided on tomorrow's show yet. So, yep. um, but there, there are a lot of free agents that you could say, Oh, these guys are a good fit. They, they fill a role, but at what price? And, with the uncertainty around Landis Cog and Makar, it's very hard right now to project them making a serious foray into uh, the UFA waters. Yeah, I I think there's a chance. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before on the show. They either make a big splash or they probably won't do much. Um, and it, just every step of the way, Every time they commit big money to someone, whether that be through trade or through UFA or through signing their own guys, that's something you have to account for with you with uh, uh, I want to say UFC, but it's ELC. <laughs> Getting all my acronyms mixed up, which Cal Bowers and O'Connor, sort of O'Connor, uh, he'll be on a very cheap contract in the immediate. Get done. And then it's about continuing that on with guys like Alex Newhook down the line with some of their draft picks this year down the line. And that's how you keep a hockey team's window open. Yep. It's what every hockey team, once they get there, has been trying to do. Pittsburgh, very good at it for a long time, though they seem to be kind of at the end of that window. You look at where Chicago did it. You know, yep. they had guys like Christopher Stieg and Dustin Bufflin and Nick Letty all on either ELCs or bridge deals. You know, they they had so many young guys that were good young players that as soon as it came time to make to, to for them to get paid, that led to Chicago's downfall. They were never able to recycle the talent in and out. Yep. They tried, they did, you know, like the Nick Letty deal was a perfect was a perfect attempt <laughs> style of a deal yeah. you know you get a top defensive prospect in Billy Polka and a second round pick you know yeah, you've given yourself a chance out. it just didn't work out they just misevaluated the guy that they got and the pick didn't work so I'm assuming I actually don't know if, who they yeah, took I, couldn't, that pick. I couldn't tell you I don't think they've been particularly successful with their seconds anyway the only the only one I can think of is Debrin Cat and I, I thought that was their own pick but I don't know it's so not the point I, yeah yeah Point point being that this is this is the beginning of Colorado having to 
figure out that cycle. You know, the being the young and, and up and coming team means you get to be the inexpensive team. Now Colorado's gonna be they're gonna have to be a close to cap team for the foreseeable future. You know, they're gonna have to dance around it the way that Washington has every year, where they were still able to to get guys like TJ Oshi. They were still able to sign big extensions, but they're gonna lose a Holtby. You know, you're gonna you're gonna take some losses every once in a while. And I think this is this is really gonna be the beginning of it, and this is where Colorado has to start graduating their own internal replacements to 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 make a more cost efficient roster. Specifically internal depth replacements. Yeah. The Avs have never had a problem graduating guys like Makar, graduating guys right. like a Tyson Jost, the the top of the the draft, the guys you expect to be NHL players pretty early on. They do that just yeah. The guys, the guys who tear up the prospect levels, Bowen Byram, you know, Alex Newhook, like those aren't guys that you're having hard conversations about. Even Connor Timmons was so good in his D plus one that it was like, well, this is an easy decision. Yep. It was, it was just bad luck with him. And yep. now, now it's even more bad luck because who knows? Kirby Doc, Kirby Doc went third instead of, uh, instead of Bowen Byram last year. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having this conversation. We'd be talking about where does Kirby Doc fit into Colorado's lineup. Yep. I mean, that that rabbit hole is, do the abs even sign Belmar? Who knows? But <laughs> Yeah. Um, either way, that's it's a never-ending cycle, too. The abs are going to, in one month's time, they're going to have six, maybe more, depending on moves, maybe less, depending on moves. But they're going to have a whole slew of new draft picks entering their systems and if count does graduate next year if logan o'connor does graduate next year who's next on the list who's coming in the following season and so on and so forth down the line it becomes crucial for a hockey team to have a consistent conveyor belt of of players coming and they're not all going to work and they're not all going to exceed expectations but when that source of players dries up the window closes fast so yep it's it's an area where the avs have to go and prove it again joe sakic and this front office has built a quality nhl team a contending capable nhl team now they have to learn how to keep it there and how to improve it to the point where they win a cup too of course but your odds of winning a cup go up a lot if you don't YOLO all in like we've seen many, many teams over the years go for it when they think they're at the end of their rope. So that's all I got for today, AJ, unless you have any final ELC prospecty graduatey thoughts. Uh, nope. Excited to get into more prospects that, uh, you know, may or may not become abs prospects going to be a fun month we delve into the draft uh my hat is the nuggets the minor the old school yeah the old logo far better than the new one just saying yeah anyway that's or good the new logo for sucks. Us. yeah i'm not a huge fan of the but it, it reminds me of uh the buffalo hockey puck a little bit too much but Oof. anyway that's gonna do it for us on the day 
as always, thank you everyone for listening. Much appreciated, whether that's watching on YouTube, consuming the podcast on whatever podcast listener you use. If you do watch on YouTube, give the video a like. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. It helps us out a ton. Much appreciated there. But we are out of here for the day. Still figuring out what we'll do tomorrow, but you know we'll be here chatting with you. So until then, we will see you guys later.